All right, we're back at it. We're sitting in Park Lake, and I'm sitting with a cool guest here, a professional baseball player in the major leagues. His name's Nick Hansen, and um, I think it's kind of fitting. We're uh, having a professional uh, baseball player on now as everyone's kind of seen the news of Garrett Cole getting $350 million for nine years, and, and people are like, oh, my God, that's so much money, and do they deserve it? And, and But that's not everyone in the majors, and it's a, it's a long grind, and... And Nick here, he's uh, 21 now. He's been in the minors for about three years. Drafted out of high school, uh, third round. Got the fat signing bonus. But now he's enduring the minor league life. And he's faced a ton of adversity. Had a lot of injuries. And we're going to kind of get in that mindset. We're going to figure out how he can um, keep battling it and not quit. And, and, and uh, you know, feel what it's like to be a minor league baseball player. Because it's not all Rosies and Danielis being a pro athlete. But... Anyway, so I saw, uh, I was back uh, in Par Lake, and uh, for all you Europeans, um, a lot of uh, people go back to their hometown, and the day before Thanksgiving, it's, it's called Black Wednesday, and you go back to the hometown bar, and, and uh, you see everyone from uh, your high school and whatnot, and people tend to get very, very drunk. That's why they call it Black Wednesday, you know, blackout. Yeah. But I saw Nick, and I bumped into him, and I don't think we've ever met each other in person, but... Uh, I had heard a lot about him. He's younger than me. Um, I was at a different school, but he was kind of killing on the baseball field. And we started talking. I'm like, damn, this is a, it's a good dude. And uh, he started, uh, we're in the middle of the bar, and, and uh, I was asking him about uh, you know, his journey in minor leagues, and he was talking about all the injuries and all that different stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God, this would be a great story, inspiration story to have him on. And he's like, yeah, he's all about it. And it was a, it was a good talk. So I'm, I'm happy to have him here today. And and I think this is going to be pretty inspiring and, and a lot of lessons. So, Nick, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, first off, I just want to say thanks for having me on the podcast and everything. But, yeah, that's basically how we, we met. We ran into each other at the bar. I've heard a lot of good things about Nick, obviously, playing football over in Europe. Had a pretty good year uh, and all. Actually, a real good year, I heard. Uh, but, um, yeah, we ran into each other, and he was like, you want to be on the podcast? I was like, yeah, sure. But... A little bit about myself is I grew up in Prior Lake, born and raised, played baseball, football, and basketball, but baseball ended up being my, my, main, my main focus, my main passion, and uh, when I got to high school, things just, I, I mean, I grew nine inches, which was a big help for me my sophomore year, and uh, when I got on the mound for the first time my junior year, so I, I started pitching my junior year in high school, and everything just kind of clicked my junior year. I had, I had the college coaches come in looking at me. Um, I was working hard in the off season and I quit baseball. I mean, I quit football and basketball just to focus on baseball. And uh, when I got to my senior season, just everything fell in place. All the hard work paid off and- You lit it up. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you. yeah. <clears throat> um, but I mean, it, it, it was a dream come true when I got drafted in the third round because I always I looked up to Joe Maurer was my favorite player when I, I grew up but obviously not the same positions um, but still being able to be drafted out of Minnesota like Joe Joe was a fir the first overall pick out of Creighton I think he was from yep. he was out of Creighton so that's who I, I looked up to in the baseball world and to be able to say that I was drafted from Minnesota like Joe is pre pretty cool. Oh yeah, and especially um, Par Lake too, our town was uh, kind of small. We never had no high draft pick like that because if 
If you don't know MLB and, and Major League Baseball, third round's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it comes with a hefty signing bonus, and, and that's uh, a lot of money at, at a young age. And uh, let's kind of get into that, that, that draft life. So you got, you got drafted that early. You're 18 years old. You get a fat check. I mean, you're, you're on top of the world, huh? Oh, absolutely, on top of the world. But along with that, it was, it was a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff going on with my agent and my my college advisor, the college coaches. So I was committed to Kentucky, and once my Kentucky coach heard that I had a chance of getting drafted, he drove up to Minnesota to talk to me because he wanted me to come to Kentucky so bad. He kind of just like pitched his case. He brought up a PowerPoint, all his folders, and pitched his case of why you need to go to Kentucky. So I had a tough decision between Kentucky and uh, Pro Bowl. Yeah, because you're giving up college to go right to the minor leagues, right to the freaking real world. Yeah, you're and as an 18 year old going right into that real world, it was a shock. It was an eye opener. You you learn to grow up really fast in the minor leagues. I mean, not even just minor leagues. Probably in college too, you learn to grow up fast. But I was thrown right into the wolves in pro ball. Yeah, let's. I mean, not many people understand how hard it is to make it to the majors, the big leagues. I mean, if you're in the baseball world, you do, but. Kind of give these guys an idea of you know jumping right to the minors. I mean, besides that signing bonus, they ain't making they ain't making nothing. Yeah, no. I mean it's tough, and you're playing every freaking day. Every day, yeah. So when you're drafted, they you you basically get shipped out to wherever you are location, which for me was Arizona because that's where the Cincinnati Reds rookie ball team was. It's in Arizona, Goodyear, Arizona, and uh, once you get down there, you you're either in rookie ball or advanced rookie ball they call it, and in the minor leagues, there's about four to five, depending on the organization, steps to get to the big leagues. You have rookie ball, low A, high A, double A, triple A, and then you have the big leagues, of course. And most of the time, guys like go from one year in high A, one year in double A, one year in triple A, so it's a year at a time. You'll see the rare cases of kids who are just exceptional baseball players where they'll skip from high A to triple A and they'll be in the big leagues in two years, but those are those guys that are just at, Bryce Harper's freaks. Yeah. But most of the case, it's a freaking grind. Yes. Even the best guys you see on TV right now making millions of dollars, they went through shit for five years. Absolutely. Sometimes more. Oh, absolutely. A lot of the guys you see, I, I'm sure Garrett Cole, like you, you brought up earlier, was in the minor leagues for, I don't quote me on this, but I'd say probably three or four years. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I, if I had to guess, it's, that's just like the average. And now you see all that hard work and grind and dedication in the minor leagues which it's day in day out Monday through Sunday I'd say 10 to 12 hours a day at the field and you'd get maybe one day off a month maybe one day off a month yeah and there's no spotlight either so when you get that when you get drafted like you know hometown's like oh my god but then you're lost in the shuffle for three four five six years and I mean the percentage to make it out is still pretty low. Very so low. I mean you get humbled quick, huh? Yeah. When I got down there to Arizona, my first game I pitched in, um, we probably had probably a total of twenty five fans at the game. And I'd say twenty three of those fans were just the other players sitting in the stands watching from the other team that didn't suit it up or your team that didn't suit up, and then you had two two analytic guys sitting there doing the the pitching chart and everything. But it was a different. It was. It was basically just throwing with no fans, and you're out there, and you. At some point, you got to learn. Like, I'm here to make it to the big leagues. It doesn't matter how many fans are here right now, how well I do right now. It's you need to put your. It's basically putting your time in. You put your time in. So like, if you're good enough, you put your time in. You'll work your way up through the system, 
and then you'll get your shot, and once you get that shot, you better take advantage of it. And that's what I'm fascinated with because um, baseball is the biggest game of failure. You know what oh. I mean? You got people making millions and millions of dollars a year at the plate, and they're failing seven out of ten times, and yes. they're uh, all-star. Hall of Famer. Yeah, Hall of Famer. You bat 300 for your career, you're a Hall of Famer, easily. Yeah, and that, um, to me, just that freaking grind of getting slapped in the face every freaking day. Now, I mean, you, you get pinches of success, but how you're able to stay focused and persevere is amazing. I mean, the people, that's why these, these Major League Baseball players, I mean, the ones that make it up there, they're always, they got this quiet confidence about them. They got this... Yeah. Um, Security, like wow, I went through that. I can make you know anything. They're just they're built different. Pro baseball players are built different. I think that's what it is too. Once you get up there, you're like you get a taste of success. You get a taste of the big league life because the big league life is totally different than my league life. You're treated like a king up there. So once you get up there, you get your chance. You're like, man, I really don't want to go back down ever again. And so a lot of the times you see guys either they fail up there, like pretty bad or they go up there and they take advantage of their opportunity they were given and when they do that they they stay up there and then they'll never go back i think it's a great metaphor too for like the the american dream you get dog shit for you know five years failed nonstop, 24 7 but then you make it and it's over the corner it's over the hill and and there's the millions of dollars and you're treated like that but it's it's amazing the test of mental toughness the game comes with, and I played baseball. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. too bad, but I couldn't stand. I have a big problem with failing nonstop. Yeah. Know what I mean, I, I mean, it was when you go in a slump or you do all oh, that. Yeah. It affects you, man. It, it hits you hard, and that's something that uh, you're going through. You, you just been the last three years. You're on top of the world, and now you're, you're in the minor league system, <clears throat> playing pro ball, and yeah. you've been through what four injuries? You pitched 20 innings in three years. Yeah, so. When I was drafted in 2016, I was on top of the world, like you said. I was just like, man, this is my chance. I got a good feeling about this. I get into spring, my first spring training outing, second inning in, Tommy John, and I came off the field. I was crying in the dugout, and I was like, I knew I tore it at that time. And I walked back in, and I, I get an x-ray, MRI, everything you need, and they're like, yeah, you tore your, your UCL. You'll be out for 15 months. And I was like, at the time, I was like, little upset now like when I went to bed that night I'm like 15 months of not playing the game I love like that's my livelihood is playing baseball and I'm not gonna play it for 15 months it kind of caught me off guard and uh but especially at 18 too yeah at 18. 18 years old but yeah and like you were saying four I've had four since then but um we'll start with the Tommy John one in 2017 it was when it happened, uh, March of 2017. And that brought me all the way, I missed my second spring training through that injury, and I didn't get back till June of 2018. It was the first time I threw off the mound again. And- uh, Well, how did that feel? You know, you said you're on top of the world, right away you get freaking Tommy John, and then for a year out of the thing, all you're doing is rehabbing, probably not many people hitting you up anymore. No, I thought, that's what, like you like, I thought I let everybody down at that time. I had Tommy John, nobody's heard of me for about 15 months. I thought, I was like, man, I let everybody down. I did, I let everybody down. But once I got to like the 10 month mark and I started thinking like, you know what, it's not about everybody else. This is about me. 100%. And like, started reading books, started listening to like, inspirational videos whatever it took for me at that point to get it out of my head that I let everybody down but um, 
when I started throwing again for the first time coming back from Tommy John, it felt foreign. The game of baseball felt foreign to me. It felt like I've never picked up a baseball and threw it before. My first throw coming back up Tommy John was me and my partner 45 feet away, and I bounced it halfway to him. And I was like, am I going to be able to throw a baseball (laughs) ever again? Like, I bounced it halfway. 45 feet, if you don't play baseball, is nothing. Like, there's that's a little lob. And I bounced it to him, and it just – it was – it was a crazy journey because then once you, you get from that, you go to bullpens and you do the live BPs and then you get back into games. And my arm, once I got to like live BPs, bullpen part, it's never felt better. My arm felt so good. I felt like I was back on top of the world again after that. I get back in my games. I get back in my first game back from Tommy John. First game. And I touched 99. And I was like, I got it. I got it yeah, back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. All that hard work, All paying that. that off. You know, I made it out. I feel like I'm on top of the world again. Then what happened? And then I get back in. It's probably my because they keep you on a strict inning count coming back from Tommy John. So my first four or five games were only an inning at a time, because you got to build your arm strength back up, and you don't want to push back into it too fast. So I get to probably my tenth game where I work up to three innings. I work up to three innings, which that's a big step because that's going to be – I'll push into the offseason after this inning – or after this outing. I'll go into the offseason feeling good, feeling healthy, coming back. My 10th game, I want to say, was I go out. First inning went great, smooth, one, two, three. Second inning comes back around. I get through the inning, but I get back in the dugout, and something doesn't feel right. And I, like, I do a couple just tests on my elbow to see how I was feeling. It doesn't feel good. I wasn't too worried, but it didn't feel good. So I pulled myself from the game after two innings. Just let them know, like, arm wasn't feeling great. And they're like, well, we want to do some MRIs on it anyways. I come back in the next morning. They say, you have a partial tear in your UCL again. And I was devastated. I was like, are you kidding me? I've never felt better in my entire career coming back from that. And all of a sudden, just one day, it, it tears again. So that's at the end of 2018. So 20. In the midst of 2018, so the middle of 2018, I got probably about right around 20 innings in. And ever since those 20 innings, I haven't pitched since because I've had another partial tear at the end of 2018, like I was saying. I come back in 2019, spring training, first first time throwing. Just It was playing catch. It was just playing catch, warming up. And I had issues in the backside of my elbow. I had bone spurs in the backside of my elbow. Come back from that about two months later. Another partial tear in my UCL, just playing catch. And that one was the one you're like, okay. This is the one. So I felt it like this one I never felt. This most recent one I had in May. I was playing catch and I was out to 100, 105 feet probably. And when I was throwing, like I was throwing 100%. I couldn't get the ball to 105 feet. Jeez. So I was worried. I was just like, what's going on? This doesn't feel right. Something's got to be wrong. And that's when I called my agent and my parents and I was like, I think it's time for me to hang up the cleats. I was crying. I mean, it was an emotional night 100%. for me. This is your life. This baseball. Is, that, this is my job, and I'm basically going to just – I'll be done. I'll be done with baseball forever. Never pick up a baseball again competitively. Um, it ain't just your job, bro. This is like, you know, 
you you associate a lot of yourself with the game. You love it, right? Yeah, I love the game. And, and you're thinking at 20 years old, like I might never be able to play again. It is my life, I guess. It, yeah, I never part. I never thought of it like that. But baseball has basically consumed my life for the past seven years when I started like taking it seriously, baseball. But that night when I got home from the field, I called my parents, called my agent. I was bawling. And my parents were like, this is your decision. We want you to keep playing. And then I called my agent. My agent's like, you know what? No, you're coming up to Kansas City. You're going to get a second opinion. You'll have surgery with my guys. And then you'll go back. Because you're, you're 20. I was 20 at this time. And my agent goes, you're 20. You'll regret this decision for the rest of your life if you give up now. And it was that was eye-opening to me when he said that. Because I was like, yeah, I probably... I will regret that decision if I gave up now. Because most of the time, guys don't make it to the big leagues until they're 24, 25. Yeah. And I was 20 at the time. So, <clears throat> I mean, there was no point. Like, I can go back to college whenever. I mean, like, give it your all until you can't, Major was basically saying. And so I'm very thankful for him to, like, put me in my place almost. He kind of, like... He didn't force me. I don't want to say he forced me, but he put me on my place and was like, you need to keep playing because you've got the, the ability to get there. You just got to stay healthy. And that's the thing. And that's one thing I, I said to you at the, the bar. I'm like, because you started telling me your story. I didn't, I didn't know. I'm like, dude, you went through four of those things and you're coming out of it still. I mean, you're destined to do this. Yeah. Shit. You're destined to make it happen. And that's awesome that your agent kind of pushed you. And it sounds like you still have the love for the game, but... Mm. I mean, you're talking about three years at a, such a young age getting slapped in the face with ridiculous amount of adversity. And, uh, I mean, what does that do to a kid? I mean, you grow up pretty damn quick, huh? Yeah. I'd say growing up was the biggest thing with that adversity because when I was 27, I was 18, Tommy John. I mean, I, I learned the mental side of the game more, like, quicker than the physical side because I, I came out and I was hurt right away basically and I I like I grew mentally so much in that 15 months and now like these past three surgeries I mean they weren't <clears throat> good like there wasn't a good thing that happened but I learned so much from that first Tommy John mentally that I, I was able to fight through these surgeries and become a better a better person in life just being able to go through life with a positive attitude, positive outlook. But I also learned that about pitching. Coming into minor league ball, like, in high school, I only really needed a fastball curveball to get by. And then I came into pro ball with a fastball curveball, really, only. And I got hit around my first outing. But I came out after this first, after the first surgery, Tommy John in 2017, I learned how to throw a changeup. I learned how to mix my pitches up. I learned how to read hitters. I learned how to do all this other stuff that if maybe if I didn't have this surgery, I wouldn't be as successful as I, I could be. Because when I came back from Tommy John, I was, I was carving kids up because I had that third pitch. I had that changeup. I knew how to read a hitter and stuff like that. So maybe if I didn't have that surgery, now that I look back at it, I think like maybe the surgery was good for me. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Yeah. And uh, like we were talking about before we started recording, another uh, big um, Minnesota pitcher, Brad Hand, Chaska. Yeah. Your mother told uh, you that he uh, he got the the Tommy John his first year too. Yeah. And uh, but you're right. That's the that's the attitude you gotta have. 
No, oh, I mean? yeah. you, you take it, you take a hit, you figure out, you learn from it. It's not a failure if you learn from it. Mm-hmm. Know what I mean? And it sounds like you, you did because you obviously said you felt better than you've ever felt after you came back. Yeah. But I got some questions here. So going through all this adversity, what really kept you focused? What really kept you, you know what, the positive outlook? Because a lot of people, they get slapped like that. They're like, you know what, screw this. I don't want to do this anymore. It's too hard. What kept you fighting? Honestly, the end goal kept me fighting. The end goal of t- in the minor leagues is to become a big leaguer. And that end goal, if you really have the, the dream to be a big leaguer, you'll fight through whatever you need to fight through to get there. And that, along with, along with my teammates, obviously they're very supportive. And we have one, this one, uh, he's kind of like a, I don't even know what we, we call him. He's just mentor like, or something? Yeah, mental. Like, mentor or mental? Yeah, I don't even know what we call him, honestly. But he, he would come up, he'd talk to me, he'd give me books to read, he'd give me inspirational like, quotes and stuff. He'd always text me. And he just kept me positive throughout it, really. What's his name? Frank. Shout out Big Frank. Yeah, Frank. He's a great dude. Absolutely love the guy. And along with these other four surgeries I had, he's been always he's always been there with me. He's texted me. He's kept my head cool on a even keel. Um, but I'd say mainly it's the end goal. Focus. Because that- you, you have to be able to focus. If if you're not able to focus on the end goal, you're gonna get distracted straight away from the path like you got to pass to the big leagues and if you you don't focus on that you're going to start taking wrong turns here and there i think that's a great point and you can relate it to a lot of things in life mm-hmm. um like say you you were starting a business you know what i mean or you have an end goal of wanting to go in this direction or be your own boss or you know whatever is in your life your why right focusing on that why don't get distracted on the path and and hit a curveball and you're way over here and there you got to know what the hell you're doing what you want the why and then keep your eyes over there otherwise you the noise does start um blinding you the noise makes you go off path like you're yeah. saying there'll be a little road bumps in the way obviously yeah. but you got to be able to overcome those obstacles like if you're not able to overcome small obstacles here and there which i mean tommy john's not a small obstacle but in business, like you got to be able to come overcome those small obstacles. Like maybe it's not working out right now, but you got to keep pushing through those. Or in baseball, maybe you get hit around one game. Like you have an ERA of ten after one game. You can't be looking back on this past game the rest of your time in the minor leagues or just in the year because you're gonna go out the next inning and or next game and you're gonna do worse. You got to have a clear head every time you go out there and do something. And that's why I really do love baseball because. It is the biggest, that lesson right there, the mental toughness. Because, like we said, if you, if you get a hit three out of ten at-bats, you're the freaking man. Oh. And that and this is something I had a really tough time in baseball with, is you, you just get slapped in the face nonstop, but you have to forget it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it'll affect the next thing and the next thing. But that's what's so amazing about baseball. I think that might be why it is America's national pastime, because it's such a sport of adversity and yeah. perseverance and you know, what kind of man and what kind of person you, you, you're really about, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's crazy. It's, it's definitely probably one of the only games. Hockey is another one I could probably say is where you fail 70% of the time and you'll end up being a Hall of Famer. That's on the hitting side. But, like, hockey, like, you shoot the puck how many times? You're, you're probably scoring on 20% of your shots you take. But as a pitcher, too... It's not as much of a fail, like pitchers, like 
you can't really put it. You, yeah, you can't really put it into words. Like as a hitter, you go three for ten, you're three hundred. Like you, basically your record is in as a pitcher. So a lot of the times pitchers are five hundred. A good pitcher. I mean, I won't say a good pitcher. You see the guys like Garrett Cole, Verlander, all those guys who are twenty and two or like twenty and five. But that's not how it is. Like you see it just so you go to a normal pitcher, they're probably ten and six, ten and seven, which that's above five hundred and you're succeeding. But that's you you could make a living in the big leagues at being five hundred. Oh, hundred percent. I think a, an interesting thing um, on the other side of the hitting, so with pitching, is that each pitch matters because if one of those things goes in the seats yeah. you might be screwed so even though you might succeed more on a batter to batter basis because but if a, if a hitter gets you three out of ten times he wins yeah. right so but it's every freaking pitch as a pitcher you have to have supreme focus out there yeah you could you could have you go into the sixth inning you got no runs no hits you leave that sixth inning down three zero because you lost focus out there and you just have to be focused until your your number's called where you're done for the game. Whether that be three innings, whether that be nine innings. But if you go out and maintain focus throughout your whole inning by inning, you go inning at a time. It's like in football, one game at a time. It's baseball, one inning at a time. Play at a there. time. Yeah, yeah. especially QB. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing yeah, I like QB about, too, yeah. like about QB, though, is, okay, shit, I miss the incompletion error. I can get them back right away. In baseball, that's really not the case, especially in hitting. Sometimes in pitching, because um, you know you you're gonna fail a lot the hitting, but in the pitching, you give give up a home run, it might be the end of the game. You know what I mean? Football, yeah. you can kind of slap them back right away, and that's why I, I gotta try to do it a lot. But yeah, hold on, uh, Nick. Let's um, you kind of brought up. You said you became a better person because of all this. Can you kind of hit on that? Yeah. Um. So going through this, I mean, I was never a bad person to start with, but like. Going through this injury, I did a lot of reading, and I read The Obstacle is the Way is one of the books I read, and it just taught me how to be a better person, to be more positive towards, excuse me, to be more positive towards things if something's not going your way, or even towards my friends, like, got a couple buddies that, I mean, if something's not going their way or something, they can always come and talk to me, and they they usually do about, like, what do you got to do here, what do you do here, and it's just going through this adversity has helped me be able to teach like others how to go through it too. In the, in the uh, clubhouse, we had guys who had surgeries and they just, they don't know what to do. And they look back at me cause I've had four, which I mean, isn't good, but they can look back on me and ask me how I did this and how I went through it or how I almost like a teaching aspect yeah. kind of thing. But personally for me, it's just, I've been happier like being able to look at things uh, differently. Appreciate things more? Yeah, appreciate things more because in life, like not everything's going to go the way you want it to go. And if you can look at it in a positive way and take positive things from the bad things or something, you'll live more happy. You'll be more, you'll be a better person to be around first off. Nobody likes to be around those guys who are always negative. If something like you're out with your buddies and he's just negative of what you're doing, like, you got to be positive about everything, and that's kind of what I, I took away from it is positivity, more or less. Perception. <clears throat> yeah. Switch your perception on things. Yeah. Like, uh, that's awesome. That's it's yeah. I'm saying that, <clears throat> that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, you learn from it, and it sounds like you really have. Are there yeah. some other books that, um, that you read or got inspired from? I'm reading uh, – you 
Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins right now. Do you know who David Goggins is? No. Um, he's a he's a great dude. Great read too. Um, but anyways, he <clears throat> basically he from what I've read in the book so far is as a kid he was he was whipped, hurt. He was his dad was abusive. Everything and <clears throat> he was able to fight through that. He he was a bit bigger. He got pretty fat or whatever I should say, but he. He took control of his life after that, and he he got to what he wanted to be as a person. He uh, he broke the pull-up record. He's kind of like a ultra marathon guy, or a, was that what it would be called? Like he runs 250 miles. It's kind of like a whatever, like you can do anything kind of guy. Yeah. He can do anything, or you can do anything if you're reading the book. And he broke the pull-up world record in 17 hours. The record was set in 24 hours and stuff like that. Just like. Things that you never think would be broken and, like, someone would do again, he goes out and do, does it. And he, he's a guy who, like, he won't stop fighting until he does this thing. Yeah, I or, love that. That belief mindset. Yeah. People, a lot of people are so limited with their thinking. You know what I mean? And, like, we always talk about with the Gamma Mindset and Chris Walton, uh, who we had on, is you got to get rid of those limiting beliefs and think you can believe you can do anything. Because that's how... How else do these people do that stuff? I thought it was impossible to run a four-minute mile. Yeah. And it was done. Now it's, you know, way shorter. And, oh, yeah. And it's it's amazing just how powerful our mind is. And the only thing holding it back is ourselves. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's another book I read. I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what it's called. It's, it's a book about a teacher in the early, I want to say it's 1800s. And he never wrote down any of his material. But one of the kids in the class or one of the people in class took notes of everything he said and he put it into a book and it's just about a hundred pages and it's just it's little like quotes that he said throughout his time teaching that he took away from this guy this teacher and I'll wake up I'll just I'll open it I'll read one page because it's one little thing to start my day and maybe if you're having a bad day you wake up you're like I don't want to do this and you read this quote and it's like just get up and go do it get your ass out of bed and go go do what you need to do today and get it over with and it's it's just a great start, jump start to your morning. That's fantastic. I, I love that. That's um that's an exercise. Um, there's like grateful exercises where you say, hey, three things uh, you're grateful for in the morning. Um, I love doing the I feel great affirmation yeah. in the morning. Get your mind right. But that's neat. I mm -hmm. like that a lot. You read one page. It's a system, right? And get your mind set in the right day. Stop feeling bad for yourself. Well, I don't want to yeah. go to work or do some and. And it's a mindset, man. Everything's freaking mindset. I know you brought up a point to me, and you're wearing a, a cross right now. Is yeah. that you said uh, faith played a big role too, and in, in battling this adversity, you got more uh, into it. Yeah, I mean, I got way, I got way more into it. I like, <clears throat> I used to pray all like once in a while before all this stuff happened. Like I'd go lay down in bed before bed. I'd I'd pray and I'd do everything. But now, after I went through all this adversity and like. Jesus Christ is there and he, he does help you fight through it. And I pray every day. I thank him every day for the life he's given me and I wouldn't be here without him. And it's just, he helped me fight through my first Tommy John. He helped me fight through my second, my third, my fourth. And now he's, once I get healthy, he's going to be the one I give all the success to because he's the one who basically kept me going. And I just, I, I pray to pray every night thank him through the for the through the tough and the the good times like if something goes bad you still got to thank him you, you don't just thank him when the good stuff comes around like yeah so a lot of people always <laughs> say oh you know god got me through this jesus got me through this now 
So how do you do it exactly? Is it because of the praying and you felt a peace of mind or? Yeah, but at the same time, just knowing he's with you. Okay. you don't, the praying isn't really a thing where you, you just pray to thank him kind of a thing. Just after the day's done, you, you just thank him. But just knowing he's there and he has your back through whatever you need kind of helps you strength. get through. Yeah, like strength almost. Inner strength. You know he's there and he'll get you through whatever you need to get through today. It might not be the most ideal way you want it to be, but he'll get you through whatever it is. It's fantastic. And, and that's when like you go you go lay in bed at night and you thank him, like thank you. Yeah. Whatever it whatever it may be, everybody's different, obviously. But that's how I do it. But you know <laughs> you know he's got your back and whatever yeah. happens, I'm gonna make it out. Yep. You know I mean I'm fine and good or bad too. Don't don't like there's probably people out there just only like if it's bad, it's don't worry about him or like he didn't help you there. But if good or bad, like he's always there. It's and I mindset. think that's the big thing is the bad. The bad is the the good th- or the big thing that he will. <clears throat> it's all it's kind of like not karma, but like you do some you do something good for someone, it'll always come back to you type thing. Hundred percent. The more you think. give, the more you receive. Um, Nick, as we kind of wrap this thing up, uh, you've been doing great. Uh, we're, I told you beforehand, we're building a community here, and we're Absolutely. the main focus is uh, creating these win-win relationships. Like I just said, the more you give, the more you receive. Now, would you be willing to, you know, talk with people that are going through similar adversity things? Doesn't necessarily have to be sports, but life, because you kind of have a, a, a perception and a perspective and and a good one on it. And uh, would you be open to meeting some people in the community? Absolutely. I think it'd be a good thing. I think. My adversity is probably a little different than others, but I think going through so much adversity, I'd be able to help like people going through something. It might be a little different, but adversity is adversity. Adversity is yeah, adversity is adversity, and I mean, I've gone through four years, three years of it now, and I think I'm capable of helping people get through theirs. I mean, I might not be the greatest at it, but maybe just the refreshing voice that says something to you, like people might just take away a little thing from it. Like a little thing that you say might change someone's look on something or their day or just anything. 100%. And like you said, you know, being around those negative people, everything's always shitty. And it's amazing when you're around positive people with a perspective like that and and just the energy it carries. That's why I think you'll be a great person to have in the community and a great uh, person for people to talk to because – it's amazing when you surround yourself with good people. Mm-hmm. Good things happen. Good things happen. But I appreciate that, Nick. Um, yeah. As we uh, as we wrap this up, the biggest lessons you can take, you've took them from your journey, and that you'd want to share with the listeners, and maybe how it relates to their life. Oh, that's a tough question, actually. The biggest thing I've learned, I'd have to go with go back to when I said positivity. Or like the way you look at things, perception. I think that's the biggest thing if you're going through adversity is the way you look at it. Look at it in a positive way or look at it in things that are positive going on in your life right now. And take those positives away from it and just run with those. Because if you do that, you'll be, you'll be happier. You'll be a, more, a better person to be around is what I said earlier. And I think that's just... I think that's the biggest thing I took away from these surgeries and this adversity is positivity or the way you look at something. Find the positive. Yeah. I love that. It's a mindset. And then uh, 
Do you have one of those quotes that really stuck out with you that you remember? I don't have it. I have it written down in my book. Like I have a journal and I write them down. They're long. They're pretty long, but one of them that's just always stuck with me. It's I mean everybody's heard it before. It's just hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Is that's just ingrained in my head from when I was a little kid. My mom told me that one time. And I've stuck with that. And that's just one thing that's always with me. But those quotes I've read from the book, I write them down in a journal and I'll just read them. Or I'll, if I don't have the book on me, I'll have my journal on me. And I'll, I'll read them and make your day better. Yeah, send those to me and we'll post them and stuff. But yeah. hold on, the journaling. I'm a big journaler. You see yeah. some of these notebooks and all that. Um, just speak on that for a little bit because that's a big <clears> thing a lot of people don't do and don't realize. What kind of benefits has it had for you? Journaling just is kind of like... You read it, and you might not remember it, but if you write that down and you journal it, you're not going to have... I keep my journal on me, like, most of the time, like, where I'm going. Like, it's just a little small one. It's probably about... It's tiny. I don't even know what it is. Four by four, even. But I'll just keep it in my backpack, so, like, when I'm traveling, I have it in there. Uh, if I go to the field, it's always in my bag. Um, but when I'm at home, it's, just, it's in my room. Because I usually, when I'm home, I read and then I write it down. I just keep it there. Or when I go to workout, it's always my workout bag. But it's just a kind of thing where if something goes wrong or something just doesn't feel right, you can always go back into that journal and just read like a positive quote that you, you took out of some book or something like that that maybe gets your day back on track. Okay. Yeah. You know, type thing. Like I know you were saying, yours is like affirmation where you write it down a bunch of times. Yeah. Which that I might even start yeah, doing that honestly. That. I might honestly it. start doing that because I so, like that. So you, it's mostly a reminder tool for you. It's, yeah, I think it's a reminder tool. Well, and because I I struggle with like comprehension, like reading, like I don't comprehend Remembering very well. Things? Okay. So like writing it down for me helps me remember it just a little more, All and right. then I'll always have it like. You don't have to go flip through back to the page like where it was. Totally. You'll always just have it right there when you need it yeah. type thing. It's but. scientific too that uh, if you uh, – that's what I always told you in school, write it down, notes, because it, it's more ingrained into mm -hmm. you. I believe it taps into the subconscious and it gets really stuck in there. A great example is if you try doing a dream journal, think about your dreams. You remember right when you wake up, right? And then yeah. you know, and 30 minutes later you totally forgot. Yeah. You start writing down your dreams right when you wake up. You remember them. It's huh. really trippy. And uh, sometimes this is a whole different thing. Those dreams can kind of tell you stuff. You know, you kind of start analyzing your dreams. Yeah. And that's dream journal and all that. But uh, that's great. That's I love wild. that. It's like a reminder tool for you yeah. in your journal. That's fantastic. That's wild. But yeah, no, for sure. I'll probably get on that affirmation stuff. I liked that. When you brought that up, that was cool. cool. Just You just wake up and you write them down every morning or like something. Yeah, like quote. We, we uh, did an episode on it. I'll send it to you. All right, that's cool. That's good. But hey, Nick, I appreciate you uh, you coming on, man. Um, it's amazing how uh, we uh, we connected, and mm -hmm. now that we're here, and you know, similar mindsets and the positivity, and and uh, I'm glad we did because you got a lot going for you, and and I respect, and I uh, think it's really cool how at a young age and all the you know crap you went through, you you're, you're beating it, and yeah. I look forward to you know being in that red stadium. Give me some tickets Absolutely. for the future. And, Absolutely. Uh, and uh, but keep keep going, man, and keep uh, sharing you know what you've been through with people and, and helping them out because I think it's uh, it's very important. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. As usual, that's awesome. I mean, you got a good thing going here with this podcast too. So keep going. Awesome, keep Nick. Going. Well, appreciate it, man. Yep.